name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why is so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I'm freaking drunk. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD4GD. So head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some awesome gear because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which right now until the end of 2020 is the Pink Agenda. They are a nonprofit focusing on raising money for cancer research, for breast cancer research. And they've got some really cool stuff over there, so definitely go check it out. I'm Jacob. Alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And our anonymous third co-host. How are we doing, boys? Doing good. good. I'm ready for a movie, and you know what? It's my pick, baby. Uh, I'm not good anymore. I can't wait for like an, another A24 movie. <laughs> and it's a long one. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> oh, no. You guys want me to just get right into it? Yes. Rip the band. Yeah. Off. All right. I'm really, really hoping that um, you haven't seen this one, Jacob. I'm 99% sure that you haven't seen this one. So it's called Mystic River. Have we seen it? Ooh, I'm liking it. It's looking like no. we have it. Most definitely not. It's a movie from 2003. Um, I initially started to watch or Ooh, wanted to watch this because... Clint Eastwood directed yeah. it. So um, I initially wanted, to wa- initially wanted to watch it because it's got Tim Robbins, who's the guy in Shawshank. And I remember watching that and I was like, wow, what a great movie. And I just looked up other movies that he's in. Um, and I saw Mystic River and I just saw the cast and I saw it had good ratings and everything. So Crazy it's been on my... Sean Penn, Kevin Bacon, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. It's got a stacked cast. Laura Linney. I finally looked it up, and yeah, you've been trying to get me to watch this movie for like yeah, a couple of years I've now. I've heard it's really good. And it's, yeah, so it's a mystery, thriller, crime, drama type of movie. Two hours, 18 minutes. Um, yeah, directed by Clint Eastwood. Um, and it just says, only the synopsis says, the, the lives of three men who are childhood friends are shattered when one of them has a family tragedy. And that's all I know about it. I haven't watched a trailer or anything. Um, so... I'm pumped. It'll be good for me because literally the only movie I've seen Kevin Bacon in, Tremors. So <laughs> only up from here for Kevin Bacon. For me. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is wrong with Tremors? What's wrong with Tremors? It's a perfectly entertaining movie. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. For not the right reasons. I totally oh, just thought no. I clicked on other movies that Kevin Bacon is in. And it was like... Mystic Pizza, Mystic Pop-Up Bar, Mystic Brand. I was like, wow, he's in so many movies with the word mystic. And I just realized that I just went back to the search bar. <laughs> so you're, so, just, you're just looking at things that are mystic. Yeah, with mystic <laughs> in the name. All right. Oh, this is crazy. I've only seen three movies with Kevin Bacon. Tremors, Apollo 13, and X-Men First Class. I oh, I've seen Apollo 13. Yeah, there I you go. I didn't know he was in Apollo there 13. There you go, yeah. Haven't you also All seen right. Crazy Stupid Love? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's you are a moron. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Wait, what is he? Is he just... Did he get like... What's he in Crazy Stupid Love? Plastic surgery or something? David Lenning. Oh, yeah, he's, the, he's the boyfriend boy that, that she kind of cheats with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck Kevin Bacon. Let's do this. I'm actually excited for this movie. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, Divine. What you looking at? The old neighborhood. There are places that make us who we are. Save! I used to play on this street when I was a kid. Really? Moments that give us hope. Do not make her laugh. Where have you been? Feelings that make us question our beliefs. Fears that trigger our darkest emotions. It's my daughter's car. He sent my daughter in there! He sent my daughter in there! A couple seconds on Saturday, she looked at me like she was preparing to never see me again. You don't think I'd hurt her, do you? She isn't hurt, Brendan. She's dead. I loved her so much. I know in my soul I contributed to your death, but I don't know how. I'm gonna find him before the police do. I'm gonna find a man and I'm gonna kill him. You know what I was thinking about? Vampires. Maybe one day you wake up and you forget what it's like to be human. Maybe then it's okay. You're not making any sense. Sometimes I think all of this is just a dream, you know? How about you tell us what really happened Saturday night, Mr. Boyle? And why is your wife acting like she's afraid of you, huh? Everyone is weak. Everyone but us. You could rule this town. You could bury us in here. We washed them clean. Oh boy. That was not a happy movie. <laughs> Very dark. Very dark movie. That had so much. Poor Tim Robbins. P- poor a lot of people. But I mean, Kevin poor Bacon Tim Robbins. Poor Tim story. Robbins for sure. Yeah, Bacon definitely, you know, had a little highlight at the end, but. Oh boy, that was a bacon a was dark, soaring. long, sad movie. I yeah. think I, I think I liked it, um, but yeah, few, few, few first thoughts. I guess a pretty long movie. The first, first hour and a half felt like it was going on forever. Ah, see, I have a different note. I said the beginning of the movie is moving very fast. Well, Not- they did, they did get to. Um, the crime very quickly. Yeah, and I, I guess by that I don't mean that it felt like time was moving pa- fast, but time in the story it was just bang, 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 bang. This kid's abducted. He's that bad first things that, are done to him. That whole first scene, is so fucked up. Yeah, very. I, I thought the well, I thought that was a whole. I was believing everything about it up until he like they showed the inside of the cop's car or the fake cop, and it just had all the shit on the floor and everything. I was like, all right, that's sketch and then he just slaps the hood of the car and says get in i was like oh boy this is the way this movie's going yeah right at the beginning like right when like he like first stepped out i was like oh well that's like probably a cop 
and then he told just the one kid to get in, and I was like, well, not that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good that's right not from the good. start. And I was like, oh, my God, kid, come on. Yeah. I know it's the 80s, but... Or maybe 70s. You you got to have learned Stranger Danger by now. But, I mean, that really wasn't a thing back then. Well, no. And, like, I mean, if you're in that kid's situation and adult is, and you're just, like, doing something bad, um, and uh, someone with a badge stops their car and is dressed like that, and he acts like a cop, I, you'd believe it. Like, if you're yeah, a kid that sure. age. Yeah, for sure. If you're a kid that age, absolutely. You can't do anything other. I also thought at the beginning that we were going to see It the Clown for a second when they're looking in the drain. Yeah, so I'm like, I was like, wait, is this like is a this sci-fi be a movie? And I was like, wait, no, Clint Eastwood directed this. This isn't going to be like any like magic or like things in the sewers. And I, I even did like my little impression. Hi, Georgie. <laughs> well, and also the circus? before we keep going, I want to let everybody know that everybody's listening that they should watch this movie because we definitely will spoil this. This yes. movie has some twists and turns in it, and we will talk about them and we will spoil them. And it not, is a good movie. And not to so. spoil this episode, very good movie. Very Highly good movie. recommend. Yeah, definitely I, recommend watching. And so if you haven't, stop this podcast right now, go watch it, and then pick up. But um, anywho, from that first scene, dark. Very dark. Um, I was kind of confused, I guess, throughout the film. I, I mean, you learn later on. But I was confused about, um, for a little while, who was who. Because they were kind of starting to say people's names. But I wasn't sure if they were going to pull, like, maybe that was going to be a twist of you thought that this was going to be the one that grew up and got kidnapped. But um, anyway, I was kind of confused at his story post-kidnapped. Because yeah. they showed some clips, but they never really told his story. Yeah, I um, so I kind of cheat with character names. I look at IMDb pretty much the entire for the entirety of like any movie just because I want to know like oh that person's like kind of recognizable where do I know them from so <laughs> I, I need the names in order to like remember That's like right. who what each character's name is and whatnot and so I was looking I was like okay well Kevin Bacon's that kid and Sean Penn's that kid and that guy's that guy was it so, confusing so for you- anyone else that Sean Penn's character or Sean Penn wasn't Sean in the movie that threw me off yeah. for a second yeah uh, that irritated me because <laughs> I was just like, I was like, ah, Sean. Pe- nope, that's Bacon, but his name's Sean. And yeah, that threw me off multiple Anywho, times. Go back to what you were saying. Um, he was just saying that he knew yeah, who everybody so just, was because one thing he was this looking be, at IMDb. Yeah, this will be a real quick point. Guess who was the composer for this movie? Who did the music? Clint Eastwood. Yeah, what the I saw hell? That after we finished it, I I was so confused. It wasn't until like the end of the movie. I was like, ah, I, I better figure out who did the score. And I just saw Clint Eastwood. I was like, what? This is the first movie he scored himself, but he's written like songs and I don't know what you call it. Score, like part of scores for a bunch of movies, even like into like the 80s. Yeah, I did Very see surprising. that. He directed what did, it I mean, wrote the score. Clint Eastwood has Impressive. to be the most talented person in Hollywood, right? He is very talented. You got to Clint Eastwood composing that from looking up character names on IMDb. Yeah, because IMDb has it just has all the it has, it has all the information. About the it has casting director, and that is kind of an interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Clint Eastwood is dope. Yeah, I mean, great actor, great director. He's a composer. I mean. Nothing about this score necessarily stood out. There were maybe a couple scenes where I was like, oh, this is like a... I can't even recall a single sound I heard. <laughs> but I heard violins maybe that every was once good. in a while. Yeah, like, like there was, I, I, I can't even think of the scene in my head now, but there were a couple scenes in there where I was like, oh, okay, like I can actually hear the score now. Like there's a 
couple of moments also that was noticeable where there wasn't a score, which I think is just as important as a composer to be able to do that type of composing, to know when to like kind of let the movie breathe compared to when to really lift it up with the score. The next thing I want to talk about real quickly is the daughter, Katie, going out to the bars at 19. I think it was set in the 80s. Did you see the cars they were driving? Those were like... Was this movie Late set? 90s, was it no. Jacob? It definitely wasn't. You set cannot in be the 80s. 19 years old and just casually go into a bar, order drinks, and turn on the jukebox. Post 95, you might be surprised. You are not a hot woman. <laughs> Fact. They can do so many more things than us ugly men can do. So, but my whole thing is his, like her dad. That yeah, Sean Penn. There was like, an attitude when, about it. When it's, I mean, there's the whole like well, getting uh, by. When she said I, she's I, going I will out. say, I will say. Okay, so there, there's multiple aspects to this. I do agree. It, it wasn't just the dad. The dad, I can understand. I can kind of retcon that in my head and just be like, look, this is a Catholic dad. They're uh, probably Italian, would be my guess. And so Irish. that's just kind of what very Irish. Irish. Yeah. Eh, I'll- very well, I'd buy either. <laughs> Keep going. Both are countries that have many Catholics that come from them, come from those countries. But in both of those cultures, doesn't really matter which one it is. Drinking is like a very kind early of a norm thing. Yeah, and so I can wreck on the dad in my head. But when the cops are like just know this information and don't really react to it. That's where I'm kind of with you guys. Where I'm like, well, that's weird. It just kind of seems. And when Dave is like, at that point, why not? Oh yeah, that's Jimmy's Gale. She's twenty. I don't know. Just dancing. At least she wasn't stripping. I just was. I was for some reason hung up on. I was like, how did this? How did this even happen? How was she at the bars if she's under twenty one? The dad's like, yeah, you're going out. Okay, cool. So you guys brought this up during. you guys brought this up during the movie. So I looked it up. When did the drinking age change in Massachusetts? Well, it changed from eighteen to twenty in nineteen seventy nine. So it would have to be set after 1979. That's why it's confusing. And it would still be 20, and she still wouldn't be old enough to get into the bar. And that's why So I'm pretty sure here's what it is. It just is what it is. Yep. And I'm already looking past it now. Think more into it. (laughs) This was set in the 2000s. And we get to my issues with the movie. We haven't really heard you that much. It is what it is. I struggled. A lot with this movie. And there is a theme about you liking or not liking dark movies. Well, absolutely. Okay. Dark (laughs) movies are good if they have a point. I look for a point. Hard to find a point in this movie. I think there was eventually, which redeemed the movie. But there were so many frustrating aspects about this. A lot of them petty. And I'll go through the petty ones before I get to the serious ones. First petty one, I hate it when... The child actor and the adult actor do not translate well. Like the kids, Sean and Dave, and the only one. Oh that, my gosh, so petty! It's it's pretty petty. Like looks wise, yeah. He's, or what are you talking about? Like <laughs> looks yeah, he's, wise, he's saying Jimmy went from a look like redhead, the, blue eyed, to Sean oh Penn. Oh my god, who <laughs> freaking cares? And then cares? the kid that looked like he should have become Sean Penn oh, became Kevin Bacon, the king of petty over here. Bad. Okay, but how about you focus on okay, what the next. kids were like in the in those opening scenes, what their attitudes were. Sean Penn's character. Yeah, that was fine. Okay, so next. Was this kind of standoffish, like, I don't really care if you are a cop or not. 
my other petty one was Katie going to the bar. We already covered yeah, that. Cool. Next one was the dialogue. The dialogue was so bad. <laughs> so bad for two thirds of the movie. It was so frustrating. They would go on. It was, oh, what, how do you explain it? It's like, like you're having a conversation and you just go off and say, yeah, you know, this happened and back in my day. Oh, this horrible thing happened. Go on a two-minute tangent story that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Point I, I'm trying so, to make. So your problem was with Tim Robbins' dialogue? No, Jimmy, like when Jimmy was like, when, uh, when Sean was interviewing Jimmy and Jimmy was like, you ever think about the little things? And I was like, oh, he's probably going to say something like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have let my daughter go out to the bar. And he's like, what if I got in that car? If I got in that car, then maybe I wouldn't have married that woman and I wouldn't have had Katie and then Katie wouldn't have been my daughter and then Katie wouldn't have been murdered. I was like, what the fuck? And there was like 10 or 12 cases of that throughout the movie. And they were all, it's that kind of dialogue where it's just, it is what it is. Like, it's just Hallmark, maybe that's the, like Hallmark dialogue. No, I think that's a crazy. I think that that's just like a grieving father trying to figure out what went wrong and where it went wrong. I'm for that example. And that just, goes back to his childhood friend getting abducted. He's just saying how he, one small little difference can change everything. It was forced he, writing, bringing it back to Dave getting abducted. Well, yeah, I guess just initially i'm gonna just completely disagree with i thought that the the dialogue and the writing was incredible it was gripping i think is the best word because you like you didn't want to look away even though like with a lot of these kind of talkie movies you almost feel like you can you don't have to be watching because what or the meat of it is in the words but the words are so gripping that you can't look away i felt like every word played a role in it. I, I felt like every single sentence I was saying, I felt like every, except for Celeste was the one where I was like, all right, either speak up or like just, I don't know. She kind of annoyed me, but I think, but her, her role still fit. I think the way she acted and everything still fit, but I think that the dialogue and, and all the uh, conversations, I'm going to stop you first. She was nominated for an Oscar for best supporting actress. Celeste. <laughs> yeah. She, well, I, I do want to get into that. Yeah. I do want to get yeah. into that because <laughs> acting wise, what? In, this movie was incredible. Yes, absolutely. Sean Penn was insanely good. Tim Robbins, so good. And, like, Tim Robbins delivers a performance that I think is probably very difficult to accomplish, where he's playing a character that has to be so almost just detached from reality because of this thing that happened in his childhood. And it's. Yeah, to try and put yourself in pretty something much, like, yeah. like those shoes and act like someone that that happened to early in their life would be so hard. And I I kind of figured that when you're not when you're trying to play no emotion, which is kind of what Tim Robbins was doing throughout For the entire the movie part. until like the end yeah. really and there are a couple other scenes but like trying to play no emotion is probably harder than trying to play up any emotion. Well, going from no emotion to extremely yeah. emotional in that one scene that he had with Celeste where he talked about the wolves. Um, and even in that very last scene where he was with Jimmy and trying to plead that he 
didn't kill his daughter and all these things. Um, I thought that, yeah. And so that gets into the acting I thought was incredible. And I did see that there's a, this movie was nominated for a lot at the Oscars. Um, and it actually won Sean Penn won for best actor and Tim Robbins won for best supporting actor. And so I didn't know that Celeste won also for best. Uh, she did not win. She was just nominated. Oh, just nominated. It was also oh. nominated for best director, Clint Eastwood and best picture. Yep. Which I don't know what it went up against, but I'm not surprised that it, that they won the best acting because I thought that Tim Robbins and Sean Penn were incredible in this movie. Definitely. I, Tim Robbins was very good. Very, very good. Sean Penn was very good. Kevin Bacon was subpar. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's I mean, character is kind of didn't have had the least to him. And so I think he was the kind of the easiest to play or back to dialogue challenging him but. and Matrix Man, all their yeah. dialogue. Oh man, I kept on wanting him to Lawrence call him Fishburne. All State. <laughs> that's all State different guy. That's guy. Yeah, different guy. guy. I know. I, that's what I That's David Palmer head. from 24. He was also in Mr. Baseball in Major League. <laughs> But all yeah, dialogue between that's what I thought. Kevin Bacon and Matrix Man was just like it was shipped uh, from Wisconsin. Just cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Oh, this Boo. this happened? Oh, that's um, a, you guy. Oh, you think you're trying to beat whatever. You oh, know what won best directing? For that year? Yeah. Same or, as best. 2003. Best picture. Know. Lord of the Rings, Return, Return of the King. Why? Also, one best picture. I, but yeah, I know. I, like, I, I, I couldn't disagree more about. Yeah, the I'm not sure being... if I can even like. There's, I'm not even. I don't even know if I can like pinpoint and make examples of why I think the dialogue was so good. I just think that it is the only thing in this movie for the most part, except for in the last 30 minutes when shit starts to go down, um, because Jimmy is starting to find out that he thinks Dave did it, and um, Kevin Bacon and whatever. Matrix man, yeah, are starting to figure out that it was possibly this gun that this kid had. They don't know exactly who, but they they're they're basically hunting up this other tree, and so that when that's when shit started to get real, and that's when there was more action. Um, but up until that point, like you never see anything about Katie's accident. You never see anything about Dave's mugger that he attacks or whatever gets attacked by. You never see anything that like they don't even really show like the even the initial car ride there where he jumps in the car. That wasn't like very action heavy, but it was just like the entire movie felt purely based on the dialogue and the interactions between and the conversations between everyone. And so I'm like, just because of that, for almost two hours of that, just building it up, I thought it was incredible. Yeah, it, it the, the movie and Eastwood does a great job of not showing you which makes it feel even more intense yeah well and i I also did find out that again like a lot of these movies i'm finding out based off the book yep um and so and i bet the book was written in 2001 incredible yeah so they made this movie fast um but this is the type of film where i can see how the book would be gripping oh yeah um to circle back on a topic we were bringing up earlier since you brought up the book um the time period that it was set, the first scene takes place in 1975. The rest of it takes place 25 years later. So 2000. So 2000. All right. There we go. Bang. All right. So are there any, is there anything else that you didn't like about the film? I guess. Yeah. My other, it is what it is moment. When Kevin Bacon's just like, Oh shit, Jimmy, you killed Dave. Damn. 
it is what it is. Yeah. And then they go to a fucking parade and he's like, oh, finger point gun, gun finger pointing at you. Gotcha. I think my- And then Dave's wife is just like, holy shit, my husband is probably dead and he was not involved in this at all. He was just extremely traumatized and crazy from his past and he just got killed and we're at a fucking parade and his kid is on this baseball mitt knowing that his dad just died. Well, I don't think the kid Well, basically, the kid like, but his dad's gone. Yeah, his dad was missing and dead for show. Um, but I think my my whole response to all that is because I, I at the end I was a little like, okay, Kevin Bacon, why are you just chill with all of this happening and like you're not going to go arrest him, you're not going to do any of this. But I think it goes back to his how he feels when he was on the street corner and they were both sharing that bottle of whiskey and he said, and um, what is it? Jimmy's character or Jimmy was like, it all, he's like, it takes us all the way back to that single moment when we were 12 years old or whatever, how old they were. And like Dave got thrown into that car and he's like, nothing's been the same since. And he, I think it just kind of realized for him and for Kevin Bacon that at that moment, they're like, wow, ever since that moment, our lives have been like fucked. Like we have just gotten, and I think Kevin Bacon was just kind of hit a moment where he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do right now. And then obviously his wife calls. And so he's just immediately happy again. But so I think that it was kind of like, all right, we have gone through so much shit. I don't need to throw this on the plate right now, but I do agree with you. That was the one thing where I was like, okay, it is what it is. Yeah. I I do agree with that. I think uh, you touched on something there. And when you first said the name of the, what what movie we were going to watch today, I read the IMDb like uh, synopsis, and it says the lives of three men who were childhood friends are shattered when one of them has a family tragedy, and I think that description is very apt, and it kind of leads you to think that this family tragedy is the daughter, but what I think it actually is is what you were saying is uh, Dave getting into the car. Yep, I think that's the like they they it's the first scene. And I think that they kind of come full circle around in the end to literally be like, this is the moment that everything got fucked up between the three of us and between our lives and everything. Cause clearly Dave was not okay. The, like the entire, like the entire rest of his life, he was clearly not okay. Um, Kevin Bacon seems like he's the most okay, but um, Jimmy also seems like he went through a lot of struggle and um, trouble when he was growing up. So yeah, ever since that moment, um, they were never going to be the same. But yeah. And I, I think the only real criticism I have of this movie is the Kevin Bacon wife storyline. Yeah. That, it, 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 it seemed like it was just put in there in order to have Kevin Bacon's character also go through something that isn't part of the main story. Yeah. I'm not sure I love that part. Which was atrocious, in my opinion. It was so stinky of cheese. <laughs> 20, 30-year-old age cheese. Bad. Yeah, I <laughs> I agree with you. I do think that that is, like, and I remember in that last scene when he was on the phone with her again, I was like, Jesus Christ, this again? I was like, I forgot about this. I was like, I don't care about this wife that just calls every now and then. Like, I was like, what? No, this is this is not what the movie's about. And so it seems to me like you what you said, Jacob, that they just kind of squeeze it in to make it seem like he yeah, had some... It, it was almost as if like they had finished writing the script and were going through it, and they're like, ah, we just need something else for Kevin Bacon's character to be doing. 
Which honestly, his character would be very dry, even without literally like, even without that. Like when he first discovers the car, that was like the first time where I was like, "Cheese!" He just walks up to the car, and she he's like his partner says the name, and he's like, "Oh dang, I know, I know someone with that name." And then he's and it's he knows the girl, and he's just like, "Oh man, he's not gonna like that." I'm like, "That's not how you react if you find out that your childhood friend's daughter just." Yeah, but like there's blood in her nah. car is just in the he, middle of the road. He touched on it multiple times with. Uh, I think I know you're gonna say he says he that, touched on it multiple times with Dave's, with like with his relationship with Dave, and I think it extends to Jimmy as well. That really they weren't friends for very long. It really was just like a childhood thing, and like from what I kind of understood, even like just with that early like that first scene when Dave gets home. And, like, his mom shuts the blinds. And, like, that, to me, kind of signified, like, that's the end of the friendship. Like, the friendship with Dave is certainly over. And that probably means that the sun is setting Oh, in the very beginning. Him and Jimmy's, yeah, friendship is also about to be over. I was going to say the only defense for it is that he said some quote that this girl dies, we solve it, and another girl dies tomorrow. So I was like, okay, maybe he's just, like, so numbed He just sees it a lot. his job. But regardless, like no, you can't say regardless. You just <laughs> you, you just, just that's the like, only defense. Okay, in well my that mind. makes sense. Well, yeah, that is the defense for it. It's that you still and he's have not a the emotional reaction. I mean, well, I don't know if you do if you if see you're, this if day you're in and day out. An and FBI detective, yeah, state police. They're not FBI. Well, he was wearing FBI. Well, that, that was when the other guy, his sergeant a, was wearing the FBI. No, they're both wearing FBI visitor badges. Oh, it said visitor underneath it. Because I saw that too, and I was very confused, and I was like, ah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, they are. I see the name. The big redeeming quality of the movie, which in my mind, I'm taking as the point of the movie, was it was never about the crime. It was only about Dave. So for me, looking back on the movie, I'm pretty much ignoring the crime. I'm thinking, guy goes through traumatic experience, He's coming home from the bar. His traumatic experience is triggered and he sees an assaultant. He acts out and he doesn't know what to do and he goes into this protective mode. And this protective mode that's almost protecting this boy that's still inside of him ends up getting him killed is interesting. And I think yeah, at that I, point... I mean, they, like, they touch on that a lot. Of, well, not a lot, but a few times where when Dave's trying to tell... like the story to his wife and then to Jimmy he says like the, the kid and he says Dave and they're confused by it because he's talking about himself but he's not talking about the old person that is him he's talking about the small child that's still that never got to grow up well and so I think one thing that um, sometimes I feel like you try and find in some some movies like this is you always try and look for a point um, and I would say that they're for a movie, especially like this, that I don't think that there necessarily has to be a point um, other than this is just a really well written story and um, it's captivating and its characters are very intertwined and complicated. Um, the story is complicated and complex. Obviously in the end, like just shit happened to these people. And I think it's all just about, it's like a psychology of how people react to certain situations and how people like how um, Jimmy's character grieves about his daughter. And he doesn't really grieve that (laughs) 
long. He grieves very for a very short period of time, and then he immediately goes into anger and frustration and wants vengeance. Um, and so I think it's more of a more of a just a really good story than it is needing to find a point of it all. If that makes sense. Mm, no. Yeah, I I think I'll push back on that as well. I I think it's discrediting filmmakers for the most part when when you say that there wasn't a point. There's movies where there certainly isn't a point, but I think typically there is always a point in movies. And I, I don't think necessarily you're saying that there was no point at all, that it was just kind of a story that happened. But I, I think kind of the point of this movie is kind of what <laughs> was touching on is that Dave's character was so traumatized by this. And and this this isn't to say like the what they set out to make a movie about is about how childhood traumas can come back and like stay with you forever and whatnot. But I think it, what it is to say is that these types of movies exist to not only entertain, but it all, it, there is a point to it and there is a reasoning behind it that I'm just not smart enough to come up with off the top of my head right now. Well, it's to tell his story. Like it leads you to think that it's a crime movie and it has a crime and it's in the orbit of the point, but I think Dave is the center. I think he, everything is revolving around him and him eventually dying. And just the crime is like the biggest thing that's revolving in the story that we're watching. You're saying that, are you well, I think that? it's part of the writing because I was trying to, there's a name for it. There's a name for when you give someone a riddle and the answer hinges on a piece of information that you withhold from the hearer. And that's kind of what happened to us. Cause at the start of the movie, I was like, okay, Dave obviously killed Katie. So how are we going to find out that Dave killed yeah, Katie? Yeah, for like the most part of the movie, I was like, and then Dave killed like Katie. 20 uh, minutes. See, I, but, I, well, I didn't take it like that. I, I, I pretty much knew because it was so obvious that Dave did yeah. that he didn't. And that's then what it I was, was also obvious that it wasn't the boyfriend. Like, yeah, I was convinced. Both of, if, if, if it was either of those two, it would have been Dave. Just too obvious. Like, either way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's what I kind of liked about it is because, I mean, from right from the get-go, Dave is suspicious. Dave is, he's clearly the um, number one suspect. Um, and I was convinced that the boyfriend didn't do it. Um, but, like, they, and they keep pushing you and keep pushing you towards Dave did it, Dave did it, Dave did it, all of these things. And so I'm with you. Like, I was convinced that Dave did it, but I was like, that's not the way that this movie's going to end. So how is it going to end? And that's the point is that there's this, um, it, I can't, I really wish I could remember the name of it, but th there's a, it's like a bad riddle, um, where it leads you to the obvious answer, but it doesn't give you any way to get to the real answer without this piece of information until it's given to you. Did that make any sense? Sounds like a very frustrating. Yeah, riddle. no, I know. Well, exactly that's basically what you're this, about. like, so we didn't Well, that's a mystery. But in, in a good mystery, it gives you enough pieces where the you could find out the solution to the mystery from the beginning. But yeah. does that make it so? Yeah, but I, man, I, don't, th I don't think right. that's necessarily true about from the beginning. Like, I, I know you don't mean from the very beginning, but I think that 
I at least I was able to pick up on most of the breadcrumbs. I knew that I could tell that Dave was a not a reliable narrator, and so his story wasn't truthful. But I also just from watching mystery movies and whatnot could deduce that, Oh, Hey, this probably isn't going to be him. Exactly. Yeah. And so how, like, what did he go through? And I didn't know that he was going to have killed a pedophile, but I was like, he probably killed the mugger. And then, so I thought the lie was going to be that he just left him on the street. And then when they brought up the car, I was like, okay, so he just, he ditched the mugger and he actually did kill somebody, but he didn't kill Katie because that, I couldn't find a reasoning in my head while watching the movie why he would kill her. There was no real reason for it. Um, my pro- Okay, so so I agree with everything you just said, but we didn't have anything conclusive until they brought up that, until we found out that the boyfriend did have, in fact, that gun and that that gun was missing and that the two kids who called in 911 were his brother and his brother's friend. So, backtracking, for me, not knowing that information until 20 minutes from the end of the movie, that is why I think that the movie was based around Dave, because it didn't give you yes, any Yes, but it, it, it was based around Dave, but as the audience, we're supposed to see it through Kevin Bacon and Lawrence Fishburne's eyes. They are our entrance into this movie, and so we know as much as they do throughout the entire movie, right? And kind of Jimmy, too. Like, we see yeah, it from Jimmy's but, perspective, but, plus but see, So Jimmy, I Jimmy knows that saying, he killed the boyfriend's dad, and so, but Kevin Bacon doesn't. And so I, I, that's yeah. why I think, yeah. like, we know that they had this friendship. We know from what Kevin Bacon said that they aren't really friends anymore. We find out that Dave and Jimmy are... Married to each other's cousins, not in an incest way, but in a <laughs> Dave's wife is Jimmy's wife's cousin. Um, and so we, we find that out and we kind of find that out about the same time Kevin's Bacon character, Kevin, Kevin Bacon's character finds that out. And so if you look at it through Kevin Bacon's eyes as he's unraveling this mystery, so are we. And I think... I like movies that don't tell us the whole story and leave the characters in the dark. That is true because Matrix Man kept saying, Dave, 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 Dave. But Kevin Bacon kept saying, gun, 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 gun. Yes. And then we didn't know. And And also it did come back full circle because the voicemail is what keyed him or tipped him off. And that was the first thing that we hear about the crime. Yep. So, uh, yeah, but I I do see what you're saying is that they, the way that, it was told in the way it does start to pin Dave as like the focal character um, that we should care about for an hour and 45. And I do. And I, and honestly, in my opinion, I do think that he is the focal character that we should care about. He's the focal character, but he's not the character that we're seeing the movie through. No. And he's, and he's like, and that's what I think I like so much about his character and it's, and his role in like the character's um, life basically throughout this film is that he's kind of pinned as like he's like the he's the one that everyone immediately goes to like at least in the audience in the audience people watching um they immediately go to him and they're like oh he probably did it and then there's all these things that like say oh he did it he did it so then the so everyone starts to care about all of his little movements and all, everything small that he did 
to, to either pin him or not pin him, like as you're trying to figure it out, kind of like what the cops are doing. Um, but in the end, you realize that he really just had his own story separate from everything that happened. And he's just getting almost like blamed and framed for everything. And in the end, he was just, and I think it kind of goes back to, because something I wanted to talk about was that very last scene where the the wife of Jimmy, whatever her name was, I don't even freaking know her name. Um, but when she was like on the bed with him and she was just like, we are lions, we can rule this town. You did what you had to do. And she basically knew that he just went out and killed Dave, even though they didn't, like they caught Dave's, or Katie's killers and Dave wasn't the killer. She was still like, you still did what you had to do. You thought that this was right and you undid it. That's because you're a lion, you're a winner. And like, we're not weak like the others. And so that like right there tells me that there's this movie was kind of made up of these, this lion character, which is Jimmy, who is someone who's smart, savvy. And like they, they even said it too. They're like, yeah, he's a smart guy, um, but he's tough. And he just, and he, and he thinks that he's always right. And then there's this character that's kind of like the, the gazelle, I guess you'd say, or something like that. And that's, that to me is the Dave. And like Dave is kind of like, and he says, if you admit that you killed my daughter, I'll let you live. And so he's basically just saying, admit that you killed my daughter, admit it, even though he was just telling him that he didn't. But Dave still comes down and he says, okay, you're right. I killed your daughter. I just want to live, please. And he was like, and that was almost the weak way out of that interaction. And so I think that that is what got him killed. Um, but I just thought that that was an interesting last metaphor analogy. Yeah. Analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm like if, if Dave would have said, their I two will personalities. take you to the dead body of, to the person that I killed and I'll show you where I put them. Yeah. Like Dave, that would have solved Dave could have got problem. out of, but because of his life and because of the way that his life has gone, he was just like, Jimmy, you're my friend. He was like, I, he, and he was not even that, but he was just like, all right, Jimmy, you're right. I just want to live. Please just let me live. And he was almost just begging for life and said, I'll say whatever you want me to say, just please. Um, and so that was the last thing that ended up getting him killed was that decision. But so I thought that that was, I thought that Dave and his character and every, like that things that happened to him that shaped who he was. Um, and even going from him beating up that pedophile, but not telling anybody about it because he was scared of the repercussions of it. Um, and, basically being a shady character the entire time, but being very like closed off and not himself, like almost emotionless. Um, and then there's this character of Jimmy who's like the op- one of maybe even like the opposite of him. Um, but, and their intertwinement of each other and the killing of Jimmy's daughter, I thought was just like, I don't know. I was really pleased with the way that this movie ended. I wasn't no, except for the mute I'm, kid. What was oh, like, why did the mute kid, was he not mute? Um, how did the brother? What it is? I I don't know about that. Was the one thing that that. I thought in the end was how does the brother know that? Like, I mean, I can see how the cops would be like, "Oh, says I know that you can talk." Why the fuck did both of you learn sign language if you know that the other kid can talk? Yeah, I I was I'm confused by that, but I like the reasoning of why the brother killed her about the whole like he didn't want his brother to go away. Yeah, because I thought I thought that was a good reason it wasn't a cop out i thought that it was like it, it just wasn't a cheat it, it, yeah like there, there was a reason for it and it was the groundwork there was kind of late it was it wasn't laid heavily it didn't have a solid foundation but it it well, was there then why did they call nine one one, and then why did they try to hide the 
body. Well, well I they guess did they say because Facebook they're their kids. They did say that when or he Kevin Bacon's character said at the end that when they confessed, they confessed that it was mostly an accident. Um, so that could be the reason why they called nine one one. Okay, there the you whole go. Yeah, you the just whole ending the synapse. Yeah, the whole ending. I think of the kids killing her. Um. I didn't see that coming, and I think it, it yeah, like I said, it doesn't have a, the strongest, it doesn't have a very concrete background to it, um, argument to it, but it does have some framing around it about why I could, how I could piece that together. The only thing that I can't piece together is I can see how the cops are like, okay, there's two kids on these phone calls. I don't know if they know that those are the two kids, but they knew where to go. I just don't know how the older brother knew at that moment that he was like, you're not a mute. Why don't you speak? It's like, did the brother know the voicemail? Yeah, or? I, I, I don't know about that. I, I know how I, I can explain how the brother figured out that the that his brother yeah 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 killed her is because they knew they, about they the knew gun. about the gun and he's like, well, shit, maybe my brother knows about the gun or maybe and I honestly he knows thought in the very end about the gun he was about to get popped too. Yeah, I for sure I did not see Kevin Bacon jumping in right at that moment, and I was like, damn, this movie's about to end. Game of Thrones status and just checking people off the list. I, I, I guess I would have preferred that. I don't know. At that point, I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's, which, I mean, it's a plot twist, and I was caught off guard. I was like, oh, this movie just pretty much led me to believe that Dave was the killer. And I was like, how are they going to do this? And then this conversation especially has helped me just be like, this is weird. And I... Don't know how to make this seem legit. I just really, I think I, the twist in the end, I loved. I mean, I I didn't see how it was going to happen, but like you're saying, Jacob, I knew that, or I had a feeling, had a really strong feeling that that wasn't, that wasn't going to end the way everybody thinks it will. Um, so I was very pleased with the twist, and I think it it just kind of reaffirmed the character that Dave is. Um, and... Because, like, I couldn't really piece together seeing him as a killer of at least Katie. So, yeah. So, I think it just kind of... Re- the ending was very strong, in my opinion. But, all right. I, and the other thing that I thought was kind of weird is that it's called Mystic River. And I think the only thing about that is that that's just the river I had a note the, about that. That the bodies get dumped in. Yep. Because I, I looked up in there. Yeah, Mystic River is a place in Boston. I had a note. I said, "Oh, that's why it's called Mystic River." Because yeah, they at, they at don't one point at the very end. He says, "I dumped the body in." Mystic I was River. wondering if yeah, they're ever going to get to it, but and I think that that was the only connection to the name of the movie. But maybe it's just because that's where the the maybe it's because that the main event of this entire movie is what took place at the Mystic River when Jimmy killed Dave, because that's kind of the focal point of what this all built up to. Like everything that happened in their life and Katie and everything, like the mugger and Dave getting injured and the shadiness and Kevin Bacon's character. It all led to this like climax of interaction between Jimmy and Dave. Jimmy thinking that he killed her, his daughter. Dave not knowing what he's talking about and trying to plead for his life. And then their child and everything that happened in their life just kind of changed. And he murdered his childhood friend. What do you think? Do we have anything else? Just remove into some scores. Might as well. Okay, let's go to the score aggregators first. That's a good idea. Rotten Tomatoes, 88%. IMDb, 7.9 out of 10. Metacritic, 84 out of 100. What do you think? You got one for me? 
I can go if you don't. I guess, yeah. I had a number. It's probably a 7.3 for me. It's, I really did not like the dialogue, and I didn't think it built up to anything. I think it told you who the killer was, made you stress about it for an hour, told you it wasn't him and it was someone else, and by the way, his friend got away with it. Like it, the only redeeming quality I see in it is that it was a very detailed story about a troubled guy. And that part was done really well and it was acted very well. Outside of that, did not like the movie, did not like the movie. Um, that's fair. I, my original score was going to be an 89, but at that first scene that we see Lawrence Fishburne and Kevin Bacon, Lawrence Fishburne makes a Bill Clinton cheating on his wife joke. So that's going to earn it the classic Jacob, everybody knows about this rule, one point bump <laughs> to a 90 out of 100. I thought this movie was awesome. I, mean, I, I think I laid out good enough reasoning that I don't need to really recap here. Um, yeah, 90 out of 100. Tate, your movie. Great, great pick. Thank you, Jacob. Um, and actually, I thought your score was higher than I thought. You're going to So, um, you can say thank you to Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is Thank so you, good. Tim Robbins. Um, I think that I, yeah, my main points about this movie is I, I love, definitely highly recommend watching. This seems, as far as like all the movies we've sent, seen, this would be one that I'd say highly recommend. Um, I love the crime. I love the mystery. Uh, I love the twist. I love the characters. I initially didn't like the slow burn because um, I thought that it was a little too long, a little too slow. Um, but I think that when it gets to it in the end, it's all worth it. Um, yeah, I think, oh man, I think I'm gonna have to go with a 90 as well. I was tossing between 85 and a 90, but I think I got to go with a 90. I like this movie a lot. That is going to give it an official score of an 84.3. Would have been higher, but somebody just had to drag it down. Should have been lower, but someone <laughs> had to drag it up. Always pulling the it up, The two baby. of us drug it up. Tim Robbins, you killed it. Sean Penn, shouts out to you. Katie, you're a babe. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at gd4. That's number four, gd.movies. Again, gd4gd.movies on Instagram. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. And we would also love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure you make it five stars. It's really going to help us keep us at number one, which I'm sure we're at. And we will catch you next week at the movies. come to the end of the line with a buddy who is more than a brother and a little less than a wife. Getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.